Hey guys, back here, bullish AF, you already know the deal, uh, this is going to be an interesting, interesting episode, so I hope you guys uh, get comfortable and uh, just kick back and listen and have an open mind, so here we go. As always, me and Jeff hosting, <clears throat> today we got a very special guest. Um, we're going to let him talk, let him introduce himself. And, um, again, guys, as always, it's, it's always a great, great way to receive this show is to have an open mind. So let's get this thing going. <clears throat> Glad to have you on here. Glad to have you on. Thank you. So, um, what, uh, can you, you kind of want to give yourself like a, I guess like a brief introduction without giving yourself away all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, uh, I run a website called aliencarvings.com and, uh, we, uh, essentially got this whole research project that, uh, came across our tables, you know, and it's something that, uh, a good friend of mine, he went down to the Tucson gem show and, and, uh, found a vendor down there and he was selling some, carvings and I, I've collected rocks and minerals my whole life my, my grandpa was a miner and and uh, so it's always been something that I've taken interest in and had a collection of and carvings were always kind of special and and uh, so I seen these carvings and I was immediately attracted I uh, had to know more about it who was making them and what type of rocks they were out of etc and and uh, you know he tried telling me they were 10,000 years old and I was like whoa 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 <laughs> You know, it's got pictures of spaceships and aliens and stuff like that on there. If this was 10,000 years old, this would be all over the news because this changes everything about history as we know it. And, and uh, you know, he's like, no, no, there's there's been carbon dates and, and thermoluminescent testing and ceramics and all these things. And I just kind of kind of blown away. I didn't really believe it. I, I made a wager that I could prove that they were false just because I just couldn't believe it. And, so I started looking into them more. I bought a few of these pieces, and and that's where the research project really opened up because the the rabbit hole was was much deeper than I thought. And I, I figured reaching out to a few uh, ufologists and and key people in this type of community would would unlock uh, you know the explanation of where these are coming from, etc. And uh, they were coming from Mexico, and uh, there's a few different places down there that the pieces were were coming from that he had examples of, and and. Uh, so we uh, just started going through it, and uh, you know now now we have over twenty thousand pieces that we've documented. There's fifty plus carbon dates, uh, and you can't carbon date stone, and so that was you know often a question that we get is well how how do you know that? And there's uh, a lot of mosaics and and different types of inlays of precious and semi precious metals and minerals um, put onto these pieces, and. Uh, you know, one piece has it's it's a combination of silver, zinc, gold, and rhodium, which rhodium's worth quite the penny. So, <clears throat> to find that um, in one of these pieces was was kind of a red flag of wow, this is uh, interesting that they would leave that in there and unrefine that out because it's worth so much, you know. And <clears throat> so the the rabbit hole just kept going, and and no one could really give us any answer. We we got mm. ghosted more than. We got answers, and I mean, we we worked with people um, for for a long time, and and they would give up or, or nod out because it was just the the topic's really sensitive. Um, you know, you can see it through history, uh, religion, and wars, and all these other things are 
obviously a hot topic that's uh, a lot of people have put their lives on the line for and fought for for many different purposes and reasons. So it's uh, it's, it's obviously something that's you can't just change overnight, and and that's what we we started to realize after researching this for the last couple few years is that uh, th this is major, and and we got to make sure to get it right. So. Uh, we've con contributed to some documentaries. We have a, an NFT project that we're working on to um, basically create a museum of these pieces, as well as, as sell you know high-end, um, high-resolution photos and 3D renderings, stuff like that, for people to utilize for whatever purpose. And and uh, yeah, just kind of still trying to figure out the answer. You know, it's it's turned much more biblical than aliens now, which is. Uh, I can understand the, the complexity so much more of why people don't want to touch it with a 20-foot pole. You know, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of, like I said, a lot of wars and stuff have been fought over religion. And, and so to go in there and, and start making claims, you really got to gotta have all your ducks in a row. You know? Man, I feel like this is the stuff that the, the Vatican has hidden away in their libraries. I'm actually on your website right now, and I'm I'm blown away at some of this stuff. Yeah, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about the skulls, the carved skulls. That's what's intriguing me right now. I've never seen a skull like that. Is this a known animal or what? Yeah, there, there's there's one specific variety that we have. Um, you know, they found a, a skull back in 2001 in the Radapi Mountains of Bulgaria. And many, many credited scientists looked at this skull. None of them had any explanation. The bone was harder than our bone or any animal known. It was thinner, and and uh, and then the the makeup of it, the suture lines, etc., in the school, uh, they just didn't add up. They documented it quite well, um, and it, it, they sent it in for DNA testing, and it went missing. And so, until 2021, when they found a similar school in, in Tula Hidalgo, Mexico, um, no one really had been talking too much about this Radapi school, and and now. We have three three varieties of this um, of the same species. We we have a feeling that there's depictions uh, in which express what the skull might look like with uh, flesh, and uh, it's 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 something else. I mean, I, I'd never seen anything like it either. I've asked a lot of people. Um, some of the interesting things about the skull is is when you hit it with a 385 high powered black light, and then turn it off. There's a phosphorescent glow that lingers for a few seconds. Um, on the entire piece, the all of the bone has this effect, which is really odd for bone to do that. It's it's um, it's definitely not your standard bone, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it, there's a lot of interesting things that uh, that that we've seen or whatnot, and it's definitely always been very very intriguing to me as well. Um. <clears throat> This uh, also, um, you want to talk about the uh, little history channel piece that you did as well? The history channel piece. I haven't been on. I think you're thinking more of the uh, documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the only thing that's been on history, uh, Scott Woltor actually did a piece on America Unearthed uh, back in 2019. Um, on this, I, I wasn't sure if that's what you were referring to, or, or yeah, the, the documentary we contribute to, um, you know, Gen, Gen Six Productions is working on this. They sent an entire crew down there, about twenty people, cameras and and uh, diggers, surveyors, um, about fifteen pieces of geo radar and uh, ground penetrating radar, 
uh, different things to scan the areas. Um, they actually had a secretive permission of um, you know people down there that overlook the, uh, the the sacred sites and the pyramids there in, in Tula. You know that people turn their eyes and 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 let these people go in there and survey this and dig this because digging in Mexico is is frowned upon even if you own the land. Uh, going and doing archaeology studies on your own land is is not something that you're allowed to do, and, um, and so Mexico is pretty controlled that way. And and um, but they they all this equipment and they documented it really really in depth. And what they found was things that you know they they, they expected to find aliens and stuff. And what they found was was far more than that. So they've. Uh, they spent the last couple of years really documenting it and, and going through. I know they have multiple films in the process uh, that have a lot more uh, footage and stuff. They just released one um, here on, on Gen6Productions.com. That's uh, I think it's called uh, Lie, the, the Lies of Gods. And it really goes into the biblical side of, of what we're finding and, and how it correlates with Genesis and, and the Book of Enoch and, and you know some of these books that were removed from the Bible it almost gives us perspective of why they were removed at this point. And, you know, like you said earlier uh, about the Vatican, I mean, it, it really chimes in here because they're, they're talked about a lot in the, in the documentary. There's been a lot of, you know, pieces, Romania and different places found that people were talking about in public and, and they, they handed them over to the Vatican and they were never to be seen again. And uh, the Smithsonian's kind of guilty in the same direction. You know, they, they had this big thing come out in uh, the early 1900s uh, regarding the Grand Canyon, there's a gentleman by the name of Kincaid that was down there doing archaeology studies in the Grand Canyon and supposedly found a cave with lots of strange Egyptian giant-looking things made of gold and different jade and metals and stuff like that. And uh, there's a large newspaper article about it, and then all of a sudden the Smithsonian uh, took it all back and said that that, that wasn't true, um, which is, is interesting. Because uh, that whole part of the Grand Canyon is very, very off limits. And for, for quite some time, it was because it was so remote that they didn't want to do rescues and stuff out there. It was so dangerous and, um, well, you know, snakes, whatever, right? But but nowadays, I, I mean, we're, we're on the top of Everest and we're in the bottom of the ocean. And, and I think today with the technology that we have, we absolutely should be able to man expeditions into the Grand Canyon to get more archaeology research. And even if you're a, a accredited archaeologist, to get into some of these places is completely impossible. And you look at these places that are locked off and, and some of the mountains and the peaks, uh, they're named after Egyptian gods. I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. There's like six mountains that are named after Egyptian gods in the Grand Canyon. And, and so, you know, I've always asked why they did that. And, this might nope uh -oh. cut out it sounds like yeah yeah weird. yeah no there's uh i i guarantee there, there's definitely something to it just like just like always right um, oh yeah when you, you look at the civilizations in um in, in arizona and new mexico and and uh, the type of buildings that they did into the side of the mountain. I mean, still still stuff that we don't understand how they did it today. And uh, it's just a pretty common occurrence. And, and it's kind of in alignment with these places in Mexico as well. Um, you shoot straight down and, and you're in these places that are finding these pieces. And so to, to have these civilizations be connected is definitely within range. Yeah, 
Yeah, this it's uh this rabbit hole definitely goes very very deep. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it also brings credence to why they use that. I can't remember the name of the Mexican hairless black dog that they use in their in the Egyptian culture, but it wasn't native to over there, and that that makes perfect sense to me that these cultures were either sea bearing and coming back and forth, or we've been mistaught about a lot of Egyptian stuff, and it really was South America and over here in the, in yeah. the Midwest. Well, when when Mo, when Moses supposedly crossed the Red Sea, you know, he he brought all of the knowledge of Egypt with him, is what it says in the Bible, and uh, it's a pretty big statement um, to put in the Bible, and uh, and and the fact that uh, he he was Egyptian um, brings you know some interesting questions, in my opinion, as well. I mean, Egypt's definitely the cradle here of of something. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Again, guys, this, this rabbit hole goes so deep, and that's why, you know, I said coming into this podcast, as always, keep an open mind, because nothing's really off the table at these points, you know? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I, uh, you, uh, got, you got anything you want to say, Jeff? Well, man, it's just, this topic is so hot. It's, I feel like we're starting to get closer and closer to, to disclosure where people are starting to get ready and preparing their own minds for like what's to come. And, and it's just things like this that really need to be put out in the light because you look at some of this stuff and you can't deny that the people put on there what they saw. And the fact that some of it like phosphoresces, that's, that's out of this world, so to say, you know, I've never seen anything like it. And it's just and incredible. How they, knew, how they knew it fluoresced, if it is that old, is, is a really interesting thing. And, and you know, there's these, these angel looking beings that, that are depicted on these pieces. And, um, you know, the, the dog from Egypt, the Anubis, they, they're on these pieces. And you, you see a lot of different things like that. And, and I think that, um, that there's definite correlation with, with that. And, and you also see a lot of the Sumerian gods as well. And, and so if you look in, in the Bible, you'll see that, uh, that, 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 that Lucifer or, or the fallen, you know, the fallen angels, uh, they came to this earth and uh, were, were supposedly, um, you know, here and, and walked with men and, and mated with, with women here. Um, that, that's something that's told in the, in the, uh, the ancient Greek, uh, you know, mythology as well and, and you'll see that connect in, in many different cultures that, that gods used to walk with men there was giants and and uh, there's giants spoke of in the bible as well and and uh, so i i think there's there's viability that, that zeus and and you know anki and some of these uh, characters baal um lucifer satan Beelzebub, however you want to call them um that, that this character seems to be prevalent as as a you know water thunder god type thing and and uh and and he shows up all over and, and and he's depicted as well on these pieces um in in fish suits and stuff like you'll see in the sumerian depictions so it's it's possible that you know what what they said with with uh, lucifer trying to deceive man it is possible and th these cultures may have been deceived by lucifer and that's why there's so much worship of you know these angels and these different gods on these pieces and why maybe the egyptians were also um, misled or missold on these these false gods that came here the, the fallen angels the titans 
and and they tried to enslave us or to do whatever to get gold there's there's many different stories of possibilities like the anunnaki but the reality is is um this story of of this um deceivement is is definitely found often and and then you have jesus coming here uh and and you know basically the savior that's why they call him the savior and saving us from this and so i mean if that whole story is true then then i think we we could be up against a a, a luciferian type uh entity here <laughs> yeah yeah which again there's very, a lot of corruption out there oh yeah 100 percent, right i mean you just look at everything that's going on you know even going into you know other things as well um but just even just from an energy standpoint of things like <clears throat> fear right i mean that's that's what this world is running on at this current yep. moment you know so many people are stuck in fear and stuck in that low vibrational state that uh they they can't get out of it because right. it's it's embedded into everybody because they're they're glued to their TVs, glued to the news, and all this other stuff, and and all these outlets. That's all they do is they push fear. You know, it's like a, it's like a uh, fear is basically like a modern day drug, really. You know, um, yeah, they just push it everywhere. Even through religion and, and all kinds of things, like you can see, uh, you know, in, in religions where they've changed and, and made things more fearful, uh, like, like marriage and, and certain things have been tuned and changed and, and you know, reiterated so much that uh, it, it's definitely not the way it used to be. And, and so what gives them that that right to change this information and, and why they would do that? And I mean, I don't think the churches are bad. I just think that if, if you know, we are really up against something that's a master of deceit and temptation and money's the root of all evil, all these things that, that are these age-old sayings, um, I mean, it, 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 it logically could be that, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> definitely, 100%. And a lot, I know a lot of people... Um, a lot of people these days are, you know, very closed minded, but you know, there is a shift. There is a shift happening with people yeah. slowly coming around and slowly open their minds. Um, so, you know, maybe just maybe one day soon, um, everybody will have that open mind and be able to receive a lot more wisdom and knowledge and not, live on all this fear and everything and the truth shall set us free <laughs> right, right 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 exactly and and that's the thing it's like the veil is wearing super super thin with everything as of right now and that's why i said like it there's definitely a big shift happening for sure yeah, technology is really helping. I mean, uh, that's, you know, like the people in Mexico that I've worked with, I've worked with over 20 different families down there uh, trying to get to the bottom of this and, and you know, trying to uh, figure out if I can, you know, find a flaw somewhere or someone messes up, says the wrong, whatever, you know, like I've really tried to um, segregate this and, and understand it from many different perceptions. And I mean, 
they're they're just as interested and they're just as as clueless on the topic as as we are <clears throat> which is interesting because you know if they were making all these pieces they would have stories behind them they would know that they glowed i mean i literally had to send two of these flashlights down there because they don't have amazon and uh so i mean they, they didn't even know that the luminescence or phosphorescence existed <laughs> you know, which is the amount of effort it took to put the luminescence on some of these pieces is hundreds of hours. I mean, it's it's inlaid in every carving and crevice on the piece. I mean, to do that with a paintbrush would would take serious effort. You know, and it's not sloppy. Yeah, yeah, I know those pieces are very, very, very interesting. Like, especially like with the detail. Like, yeah. The detail is in some of those pieces is absolutely amazing. Like, it's it's interesting. You know, we we, we did a mineral analysis uh, to to see what these stones were made out of. There's this one type of stone out of a Tula Hidalgo that was really unique. And, you know, some of the pieces are huge, and like you say, the details are just through the roof. Um, to 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 carve that onto this type of stone, it would have to be wet. Like the there, it's almost like it was done when it was a mud. And that, that's an interesting theory because, um, you know, obviously they're, they're huge pieces that are heavy. It's not standard ceramic or pottery by any means whatsoever. And uh, so we, when the mineral analysis came back, it was a dominant of calcite and quartz. And, uh, and the gentleman said, you know, he'd never seen anything like it. We, we showed the results to a geologist, and, and he said that's definitely not something that naturally was made by the earth. So if that's the case, then this type of stone has been pressed or molded somehow, um, likely to have this much detail. Because is someone really going to sit there and, and do all this carving and stuff for a couple thousand dollars on a 450-pound table that costs $1,700 to ship? You know, and that just doesn't make sense. So um, if it was done while it was wet, it would make a lot more sense. And if it was a pressed stone somehow, but but we don't have the ability to turn quartz and calcite into a liquid to press it as a stone and uh, so that's an interesting topic we're, we're going to do a, a thermoluminescence core sample to, to test this table and see if it's been fired at one point or another because uh, you can test to see the last time it was it was put into a kiln um, and that'll tell us a lot about it i think yeah you'll be able to yeah, the crystal structure yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Like, and you know, and it's kind of funny that you said that. You know, they're just as clueless as we are, but yet the government officials there don't want people digging even on their own land. That to me <laughs> is kind of fishy in itself, too. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know a chemist down there, and he, he's actually a, probably one of the lead investigators now on this topic because he, he was hired, you know, he's from Spain. He was hired to go to Mexico with his company to build an aqueduct in Tula because their water supply was really poor down there, heavily polluted. And um, so they went down, they, they did all the surveying, they started doing some digging, uh, and then um, they got to the river and we're going to start to reroute part of it. And they just started coming up on all these pieces and they turned over like 1200 pieces to the government. This was back in like 2016. And um, then uh, the project, he, he didn't finish it. His company sent him back to Spain 
which isn't uncommon. He doesn't usually stay till the very end or anything. And, and uh, so five years later now, he gets contracted to go back to Spain with his company into a different part of Mexico. So he goes down there and and on the weekend, he decided to take a trip up to Tula to see the pyramid. And while he was there, he drove by this aqueduct. And now it's a flat, fenced-off, grassy area, and there's no aqueduct anywhere to be seen. Even all the concrete, everything was gone. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so they, they just did a, a, a large event down in Mexico in Tecate. Uh, it's called UFO Fest. And, uh, and they had, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce his name. It's like uh, Masim or Masim. I'm not sure how to say it, but he's a, a really prominent UFOologist uh, from Mexico. He does a lot of TV stuff down there. And, uh, he was at this event and, and is heavily, uh, you know, I don't know if he's invested or whatnot, but he's he's involved with these people in terms of uh, researching this and, and supports the research. And uh, so it's it's really quite interesting to see them um, selling this to their own people as well as as to Americans. You know, the American tourists are suckers, right? But but when you're selling it to your own down there, I mean, and, and that's the other thing too is as I have numerous friends who are collectors down there uh, who live in Mexico and collect this stuff down there, and and that's you know. If it was just a, a known thing that it was all uh, a hoax, then um, they, they wouldn't be doing that. You know, they wouldn't have 50, 60 of these pieces. And, and when I offer them good money to buy, you know, a couple of them that I thought were unique, and they tell me no, um, you know, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't the uh, government consider them any of the alien carvings to be a hoax, and that's how you're getting them? Or is... Yep. That's how they get around grave digging in Mexico is, is if the piece has an alien or a UFO on it, it's immediately disclosed as fake. So customs, when they open the box and they see an alien or a spaceship, they send it on its way. And uh, I've had hundreds of packages opened by them, many nail-biting experiences waiting two, three, four, five, six weeks for some of these packages to arrive. Some of them come in many pieces, like they were broke with a sledgehammer. Um, I had a good friend of mine. He lives over in New York. He had bought a staff from down there. The staff had a large blue object on the bottom of it. It looked like a precious stone or glass. We, we thought it was glass. and So we, we bought it, and uh, DHL um, said it was out for delivery, and three cars pull up in front of his house. Uh, unmarked and large team of, of FBI Homeland Security agents came and, and raided his place. Uh, they, they thought they were going to find guns and drugs, obviously, and they found a bunch of, of artifacts. They didn't touch a single piece other than the one that they, uh, they seized there, the staff, and they, they won't give that back. But they've never said anything. They won't give him any more <clears throat> information or knowledge other than they thought that there was weapons or, or drugs at his premise. So, I imagine sending a lot of money to Mexico does flag you, but uh, still, it's strange that they won't give that staff back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things. Like, okay, so what do you know that we don't know? Yeah, well, a lot because look at the UAPs and Area Fifty One and all these things that they're starting to finally come around and admit to. But they knew the whole time. So, I mean, uh, even back to Paperclip and, and some of these early operations, um, I mean, it's uh, it's obviously something that's been on their 
their desk for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, one one hundred percent. But what do they know? I think is your is a really good question because you know, do they know the full extent of it? Uh, they probably do, or someone does. I don't think a lot of them do. I think a lot of people are kept in the dark on this one, but that's why there's you know rumors and conspiracies of shadow governments and all these different. Uh, you know, multiple letter alphabet soup agencies, et cetera, because, you know, there, there probably is some logic to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And, and maybe they are trying to protect us from something much bigger and, and something that we don't really need to know or that we shouldn't understand, you know. They, if, you, if you look back at the witch hunts and, and stuff, you know, they, they killed like 15,000 witches, you know, over in Europe. They, the Salem witch hunts, they killed all kinds of people here, too. Um, they, they burned them at the stake. I mean, this is not that long ago. And and you look at all the wars, the crusades, the pagan um, belief that was cast out. You know, if these people were masked by Lucifer or whatever, um, and, and they believed in this false god, and that's paganism, and people in the name of God actually went and tried to decimate this cover it up from people so people would stop worshiping satan um it's a possibility i i can't completely draw it out but it doesn't seem like that's the logical uh thing here it, it definitely seems like there's more foul play at, at, at stake you know yeah yeah <laughs> too many innocent people have been killed over it yeah right yeah as always well, it's just the yeah, it, biggest deception in history you know what I what I find super intriguing about it though is the fact that you tried to discredit it at first. You tried to disprove it. You know what I mean. And the the more and more you dug into it, like the more it tied back into the Bible and led credence to like what a lot of people in the overview believe, but they don't really know the true details. And that's what I yeah. find super intriguing. That you keep finding these confirmations along the way. You keep digging. And, and the Bible the Bible's been a real tender topic for me since I was a real little kid and found out Santa Claus wasn't real. I, I, I had this uh, you know, rebellion attitude that uh that God wasn't real either and everybody was just lying to me about that too, you know, and, and so my whole life I was kind of against religion and I just thought it was all lies and, and used to push people and make them puppets, etc. And and um Man, I, I got down on my knees here not too long ago and and, uh, and, and broke that. I, I found an author. His name is J.J. Hurtock. And upon finding his books and information and, and actually starting to really dive deep into it, um, I, I became a believer in, in God and Jesus because it, it, it tied everything together so well um, from so many different cultures and so many religions and purposes and why. And, you know, there were so many questions I had as a little kid like, why is English language the way it is? Why do we have silent J's? Like who came up with that idea to have a silent J in there and mess everybody up with their spelling? You know, like what, what, what's the cause of some of these weird little quirks um, that go back to age old times. And I mean, it, it, it JJ Hurtock does a really great job of, of putting it all together in that respect. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, that guy is very, very interesting. And uh, again, done a lot of digging on all this kind of stuff um so yeah very very interesting um i uh definitely definitely have learned a lot in the past just you know the past few years about a lot of things you know i, I was the same way uh kind of kind of similar to you um 
I knew there was something, right? There had to be something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. I always bucked the religion side of things, which I still will to this day because I think I think you hit it right on the head with the religion part because look what's going on right now, right? Um, it's it's putting people in a box, right? Essentially, yep. and not allowing people to to keep that open mind. And then pushing fear on top of it if they do have an open mind and have questions, right? Mm-hmm. So if you never ask any questions, how are you really supposed to learn? You have to ask questions, you know? Absolutely. No, so, that's, I've been full of them. Right, People right. used to get right. mad at me for asking too many questions, and so I'm still in the same way, you know? I just I like to understand how things work and... It has to make sense to me. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't fathom where we got all these languages and why we had all these different religions and spiritual beliefs and ideas and, and how we got so far apart. You know, yet we're so close together and so connected on so many levels. And and it's just it never made sense until I got this. And now I, I think, you know, whether it's true or not, I, I think there's a there's definitely a connecting bond here between these cultures that, that this gives me a, a different perspective on. And, and that's, uh, that's pretty neat. I mean, I, I don't know anyone, you know, previous in, in, in existence that had access to that kind of knowledge to have all of these different cultures and all these different languages to be able to put it into one. It's, uh, it's never, right. never happened before, you know? Right. 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 Yeah. Never. And again, I think, it, I think we're just going to, keep getting more and more and more and more disclosure as these yeah. uh, as this uh, next decade unravels you know well, you look at you look at all these ancient sites around the world everywhere you know they're all in ruins from something they all got destroyed they all got forgotten about they all got buried um, everywhere you know and, and uh, that that's interesting and, and you look at like some of the most um, prominent heritage sites right now that are giving us knowledge about uh you know before uh, 4000 bc like uh, gobekli tepe and certain uh, areas in syria and and a lot of these places are like war zones or, or completely off limits you can't get there uh, the same thing with uh, jerusalem too there's so much knowledge under that temple and there's so much so much knowledge at that mound yet they don't allow any any digging or anything there same with egypt i mean you can dig in certain places in egypt but you can't go dig under the sphinx you know you can't use modern excavators to go pull and dig out sand at the i mean it's it's shovels and picks only like they they limit these people so hard um for what you know (laughs) they're obviously not caring about desecrating the, the the sites because they pull mummies out and and that's desecration right there. So what, they're not trying to preserve this stuff. They put it all in this grand Egyptian museum. Um, so that's their way to do it. If you had modern equipment or even like LIDAR and all that stuff, you could, we could map these whole areas and, and know. And then if all that information came out at once, it would, I feel like it would be overload to the general population who's not open to all this knowledge yet. Yeah. 
it has to be slow for sure. And the, the I mean, th there could be a lot of logic involved with these decisions. I mean, obviously entire countries and entire groups of leadership and, and bodies of government have agreed to these things. So are they all bad people? No, there's, there's definitely some, some probable good logic and cause behind this, you know? Still want to know the answers though. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely right like i think we i think we deserve disclosure yeah you know? yeah like i really especially for the people that are you know willing to accept and and have that open mind i mean listen if you're not that's fine it's yeah. perfectly fine because if you're not if you don't have that open mind and you're not willing to listen to at least hear these things then it doesn't matter you're just going to bury your head in the sand anyway yeah well the problem too now is is that you have networks like like history and discovery and gaia and um, a lot of these are are owned well they're all owned by large corporations and entities that um you know have purpose and, and agendas beyond each specific show that they show right so um, it's just like our, our networks with talk shows and, and, and uh, comedy like Saturday Night Live or, you know, Jimmy Fallon, these guys, you know, they, they all have to get what they say approved by their network. They're not just going to go out there and, and say and do what they please. And, and, and I think that's a really important thing that you look at with history and, and discovery and the Smithsonian Channel, all these things. If you watch these, these things and what they're trying to um, uh, put into agenda, it's it's not the truth. It's not the, the right way. I mean, you go to the museums and you're not going to get that exact same story. And uh, obviously the Smithsonian, you will, but you, you go around the world into to different cultures and see these things and, and, and it's not the same. And I, uh, I think there's definitely throttling and, and they're trying to only disclose certain parts of it. You know, one of the programs that, uh, that a good buddy was trying to produce on these, these pieces uh, he submitted to Discovery, and when they responded back, this is Scott Woltar, he, they responded back that, that your show currently is too smart for, for history, and, and they wanted to tone down um, anything to do with Satan, which is interesting. Why would they, well, why would they care, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. His show, his show, America's Unearthed, the, the ratings on that show outperformed Ancient Aliens, and they never renewed it, and, and that's that's why because he showed that on there, and and uh, and that that season has never been replayed, or that that specific show on that season has never been replayed that I've seen on Discovery. It's always skipped or not included. I had to go find it and dig it out on Amazon Prime to uh, to even watch it. You know? Wow! <laughs> wow! <clears throat> Amazing! Yeah. Amazing! Well even more interesting part is you've decided to start an NFT project around all this stuff. Yep. You kind of want to go into that a little bit and kind of share? Yeah. Well, you know, when we, when we devised this plan of the museum and the NFTs, we, um, we initially wanted to take some of the originals and uh, sell shares of them as NFTs and, uh, and then allow, basically an ownership via share. And then uh, inevitably once, you know, authentication and things came out more, 
uh, the piece's values go up to a point or they can be authenticated, uh, and then they can be sold for large amounts of money and, and split that between the shareholders. And, um, you know, with, with the NFTs the way they are right now, the economy the way it is uh, with, with cryptocurrency, um, th this wasn't really the ideal um, way to start this project because, you know, a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth right now from pointless NFTs or things that aren't, you know, constructive. So we really wanted to rethink it and make it something to where, you know, you're actually owning a piece of history and, and it's it's something that, that is on the blockchain and won't be able to be erased by any government. And, and so um, we, we've still got a few things that we're deciding on how we're going to uh, release this properly. But I, I think the guys are really on the right page and um, working with a company called Niftonize and uh, they're, uh, they're getting it dialed in. And so you know, over the next couple of years, we'll, we'll find out what people want and, and how they want us to, to deliver these products and, and pieces to people. And, and we'll, we'll go from there. But the museum is, is really a, a target of mine because once that museum is on there in the metaverse uh, under the blockchain, I think it's pretty safe to say those items are not going to get, you know, buried under the rug. And uh, that's what we want. So, Yeah. Yeah. At that point, uh, they're going to have to allow some information to come out, right? <clears throat> There's not going to be any, any, no more denial. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, at this point, like I would have thought, you know, um, that they would never have gotten away with such a thing if that's the case and, and, and uh, that it would have came out, you know, and, and so many people like Bob Lazar and, and I mean, good people have come forward. Uh, many, many lieutenants and Marines and just people that served our country, uh, they, they've come forward, astronauts even, you know, these people, Neil, Neil, Neil Armstrong is a great example. Like, why would these people ruin and tarnish their careers to come out about this kind of stuff unless they thought it was absolutely imperative for humanity to know the truth, you know? And, and uh, that's the only logical explanation that I can grasp on, on some of these people that have come forward. I mean, they, they put their lives at risk for this, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, and, and you know, it happens every time. It yeah. happens every time. Yeah. Anytime somebody lets uh, some, you know, maybe some, we'll just say, secret information leak, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we already know what happens. They come up missing or automatically have a stroke or, yeah. or something, right? Yep. It's... Yep. Sad, but it's true. Yeah, it's national security is a, a valuable thing, and I don't, I don't try to discredit it. You know, if they know stuff that I don't, then I can't say for surely that they're in the wrong. You know, and I can't say for surely that they shouldn't try to do what they're doing. And I, I just personally want to know. You know, I, I, I don't want to hurt the national security or put anyone in jeopardy by releasing information that shouldn't be out there. And that's something that you know, some people have contacted me. And <clears throat> excuse me, they, they've told me to put this stuff back in the ground or, or whatnot, you know, like, like rebury it. This is not good. And it's a pretty common response on, on our videos. And, and uh, it's like, yeah. it's already out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah. You can't stop here. No turning back. Yeah. No turning back now. Yeah. No turning back. But yeah, it's, I can, I can imagine, I can imagine some of the, some of the messages and everything else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've met some amazing individuals. I, uh, I I only collected these pieces. I never sold a single one for 
for a long time and I, I had over 550 pieces before I ever sold one and, <clears throat> and my, my wife was like hey you know you, you should maybe think about getting rid of some of these maybe some of the smaller ones that you've already researched whatever you know you're becoming a pack rat I had a storage unit and our garage and multiple safes and it just became overwhelming you know and the stuff's heavy and, and big and and um, so started to sell a few pieces and the people that I met uh, selling these and the other people that are collecting these like that was the most valuable thing to be able to share that and, and to understand all these different perceptions like my own you know uh, it, it was it was like opening a huge can you know <laughs> right yeah no and you know the 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 nice thing about this is though is like it, it really brings it really brings a lot of light to a lot of different things that people um, people may or may not have understood and these could be like these little these little artifacts could you know typically or not typically but uh, could potentially be like little puzzle pieces to bridge everything together to make everything make sense like you were saying earlier the age-old saying the truth is set in stone they said why did they say that right who said they, it first they, and what were they meaning <laughs> right is this what they were talking about yeah <laughs> even in in uh I, I i can't recite obviously where it's at in the bible but I, i'm pretty confident that there's actually uh things stating that you know um, that, that the, the, the fall of, or the, the fall of the Tower of Babel occurred because of, um, you know, there was um, things going against God's will. And, 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 and they think that that could be like genetic manipulation because it says in there that there was many different species that were washed away with the, the flood. And, and uh, so it's, it's interesting to think, you know, about this flood and, and these many different species that were of unfathomable perception and things you know a lot a lot of these carvings that we're finding are many different looking things we've got skulls of different species we've got um, many many um, depictions of, of DNA strands and weird um, devices and things with DNA and the the people that are laying on the the uh, the bed there it's like uh, hang on I'm gonna grab a drink of water here I'm losing my voice But it's clearly DNA modification, um, and, and there's different looking species and beasts and stuff at the at the dismay of this. So you have to wonder if there's not some some accuracy. And and, and I think the proof is is we, we see all these different things through evolution. You know, Darwin was on this this evolutionary trait, and I think um, what he saw was brilliant because there's part of that that's absolutely accurate. I, I think you know. Uh, looking at plants and, and breeding plants specifically in dogs, things like that, that have shorter lifespans, you can see evolution occur um, naturally. But you, you look at human evolution in terms of our DNA and how we've evolved over the last hundred years, and you take that and compare it to other things on this planet, and they're not the same. And, uh, and, and the other thing is, is you know, you, you take monkey evolution, we, we've never seen any evolution to to support the backing that we came from from apes you know other than we can see similarities in the in the the dna and the, the bones and you know how we're put together in some ways but as far as you know we don't have any monkeys that are learning how to talk or, or do anything like really um with with high-end intelligence and and i think that's the the difference and so 
Uh, you look at Neanderthal and, and some of these um, ancient um, versions of man, uh, we, we don't really have explanation of that. And, you know, we have the caveman theory, but um, how Neanderthal came to be man is completely a mystery at this point. And, you know, it's, it just doesn't make sense. You look at like the Paracas skulls in Peru, um, stuff like that, you know, they, they've shown now that there's, they're, they're not all done with the, the bonding of the head and that there's actual beings down there with these elongated skulls and they have, they have the proof. And so wh where did that evolution come from? You know, and <laughs> too many, too many pieces in the puzzle there. In the puzzle there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And you know, it, it all goes back to, you know, our blood types and, and all that other stuff too. Mm -hmm. um, Chromosomes. Like, yeah. Like with the whole DNA, we'll just call it hacking of the DNA. You know, there was a lot of the stuff, um, the Anunnaki was talked about and bringing up about the, uh, we'll just, like I said, we'll just call it hacking of the DNA yep. and things like that and manipulating it into different, uh, different ways. So yeah, it's really, it's definitely very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you look at some of the things too, like the, uh, the churches, how they've done exorcisms and, and performed these rituals, where did these rituals come from? And the same thing I, how I was talking about the uh, the witches and, and the uh, occult earlier, you know. How, where did all of this information come from? I mean, they have all these spells and different incantations and, and practices. Um, and, and frankly, like, some of them are quite strange. I mean, that, that movie, The Exorcist, was, like, all based on a true story, you know. And, and that, that shit really went down. And they, they have remnants of that that have weird demonic imprints and faces and stuff. And it's just... Uh, um, it's very interesting uh, to think on a multiple dimension, dimensional level. And, and that's something that uh, I think that we're finding, um, you know, Gen 6 done a lot of research and, and they found actual video evidence of, of orbs coming in and, and manifesting into animated looking human type figures in the, uh, in the jungle. They were led by a tip by a local there. Uh, that said that he saw weird lights and, and orbs coming in and out of this area in the jungle. And so the guy set up about a mile away with a telephoto lens. And I mean, I've got the pictures and it's, it's absolutely insane. I mean, there's, there's literally a giant and, and uh, a reptilian headed being. I'll have to send them to you. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. would love to see them. would love to see them. You know, and that's the thing too, you know, I always discredit it. Well, you know what? Let me not let me not even say that. <clears throat> but I was always skeptical of the whole reptilian thing, right? Mm -hmm. Until I actually seen for myself. And obviously, you know, that again, the old age old saying, like you were saying, you know, seeing is believing, yeah. right? Like um so yeah, at this point nobody could tell me any different on that side of things because uh yeah, I, I witnessed that mm -hmm. um, in a meditation. So that was very, very interesting. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, obviously in the in the, the Garden of Eden, the, the snake or the serpent was the one that, that came to tempt Eve and curse Eve. And, and you look through all these um, things, the flying serpent who cuts a cordial, who, who's, you know, profound in not just Mexico, but also South America. 
with the Incan and, and the Mayan both. And, and so uh, it's weird to see um, the serpent is, is everywhere. <clears throat> it's it's not just in, in that either, but it's it's like like England, you know, the, the, the crest over there, their family seal or whatever, it, it worships the, the red dragon, you know. And, and um, same with all these temples in, in Asia, you know, all these serpent worshiping temples that are all over the place. Um, that that's I don't think a mistake, you know, that, that all leads to the, the concept that some serpent came and was, was the god to these people and maybe misled them, you know? Because they're all destroyed now. <laughs> right, 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 right. Somehow. Yep, one hundred percent. You uh you have anything you wanna add, Jeff? Yeah, I'm just taking this all in. It it's connecting so many dots in my mind of, of just things that I've always believed in. You know, I started researching the, the Anunnaki back in like 2010 and getting into, like, I thought Nibiru was going to return and all that. And I've, I've since gone on to believe a, a slightly different, you know, the more of like conscious beings that can come in and out of this, this consciousness through frequencies and stuff. But yeah. That's a whole nother subject, but it's just, it leads me more to believe that all this is real. And like we were visited by other, or maybe still have other species on this planet that were, that are, you know, hidden to us. Yeah. And like the Lemurians and the Sumerians, the Anunnaki, reptilians, all that stuff. It's just, there's just so much to learn. And Nephilim. And dive deep. Yeah. 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 And I, I think oh. the, uh, <clears throat> the Nibiru thing is really a, an interesting thing to look at and, you know, there, there's a, a satellite that's owned by the Vatican. It's located in Colorado. They built it there. And they built this satellite to focus in on one specific spot of the sky. And um, they watched this one area all the time. And, and uh, a gentleman went in there and, and did a, an interview with the, I don't know if it was a pastor or a priest or how they, they classified him. But he was a Vatican uh, person that, that let him go through as a tour through the telescope and they were showing him the uh, the main mirror and they called it the lucifer device this is what the vatican decided to call this telescope and and so it's really interesting to think that there could be you know uh, some sort of a planet x uh, traveling through there and that that could be what they're watching and and uh but the the whole thing with uh, zachariah stitchin you know he's the one that that did a, a wealth of research on the Anunnaki and, and did a lot of the translations of the clay tablets and there's parts in there if you read his books where he he claims um, that he couldn't figure it out and, and that Nibiru was actually it came to him in a dream and he woke up and immediately knew that's what it was and and so it's interesting with the dreams and how we have dreams and what they what they produce and how we have nightmares also and, and uh, I don't think that there's a, an accident there. It's possible that he could have been uh, manipulated to to think these things and, and to sway his research um, to, to better, you know, form the, the narrative. So uh, it, it's interesting. I think a lot of the stuff he was on was dead on, but uh, there's certain things that people still question his translation on. Yeah, yeah, and like... And like uh... Now that we're getting on to other species and, and things like that and reptilians, draconians and all that other stuff. But <clears throat> that's, uh, you know, if you, for the listeners out there that are listening that are still with us, awesome. Um, 
But uh, if you, if you kind of look at the history on them, I mean, that's what they did. They're they're low vibrational beings, right? Yeah. And yeah. again, going back to the whole fear thing and everything, pushing that fear, they need that to mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. survive. <laughs> Because that's how they thrive and survive is on those low vibrations. So well, it's also how they again, like they, they they manifest they, us too. Because they you know our fear our, our excuse me our, our fear causes us to do things um, that maybe we wouldn't normally do because we're we're scared, right? So um, maybe it's a vaccine that's corrupt. Maybe it's um, certain things, the food or water, whatever. But but that fear leads us often. Um, to temptation or to places where you know we want to escape the fear and that's uh, i think a, a good way to control people or to keep them dumbed down is to keep them afraid 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah well guys uh we are kind of run out a little bit of time i we could literally talk about this stuff for hours um I would be more than happy to if uh, you would want to come back on another time and do a part two. Yeah. Um, Let people ask yeah. some questions and stuff, and uh, you yeah, know, put it together exactly. with anytime. I'm I'm here to talk. I mean, this is what I I've invested a lot of my money and, and time into this topic to try to figure it out. So anything I can do to help do that or to inspire other people to ask questions and and to look into this a little bit more closely. I mean that. When I contact PhDs and stuff, I, I usually am the antithesis. I try to say, you know, can you help me prove this to be false? I can't believe this is real, whatever, you know, just rather than trying to get these people with credited educations to try to prove it real, I, I like to see where they go at it and, and try to disprove it. And, and that's kind of what I've said, but I, I, I've yet to, to come close to even thinking that it's not real at this point. Like everything is, is lined up. I, I can't argue it. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and like you were saying in the beginning, you know that that was your whole attitude going into all this stuff. You you were like, okay, well, let me let's find let's find some holes in the stories here, yeah. and the bigger uh, the deeper you dug, the more truth you found, and you were you know like, wow, okay, yeah, wasn't expecting that. I mean, don't get me wrong, we we've uncovered over three hundred replicas. Um, we've had pieces that we bought that we have extensive dig videos from and six months later pieces that look off but are similar are coming out um and 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 we've traced it back to quite a few people so i mean there there are definitely um false fishes out there there's a lot of people trying to capitalize on this money wise um it's it's really crazy but but there's certain pieces that are absolutely real i'm i'm confident well, what I think is awesome is, think about it, out of all the people in the world, right, you have been trusted with all this information and all these artifacts for a reason. And for that, I think is says a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really well, does. to add to that, like, anyone could have come across this stuff, and whether they collected it or not, whatever they could have just taken it at face value let it be been silent about it but like you you're taking it on and teaching us teaching the world about it which is which is huge and a and a, not just a big undertaking but a big personal risk too so i yeah. commend you for that 
Yeah, I, when I went to research this and I, I came up almost blank. I mean, when you search this stuff on the internet, there's nothing. And I, I was just so shocked. And uh, so as I started just to collect knowledge for myself, I mean, I had so many pictures and I'd meet new people and have to send them, you know, all these pictures and make drop boxes. And that's why I was like, I just might as well make a website for it and, and get it out there because yeah, the, the knowledge needs to be known. Whether it's true or false, people need to be able to uh, to get to to ask the questions. You know, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and yeah. So we definitely appreciate you coming on. Yeah, good and, talking with you guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like always, a, always a wealth of knowledge. So. <laughs> That's for sure. There's never a shortage of knowledge. That is a fact, which is always amazing. But uh, you want to close this out, Jeff? Yeah. Uh, thanks again for coming on. And uh, like Dustin said, it's it's always amazing talking to you. You you always open my eyes to, and I feel like I'm pretty deep into this. But like, man, your your perspective and your the stuff you've come up with is great. I appreciate but, that. Uh, just, Everyone remember to stay bullish on yourself and uh yeah, that's it. Good night everyone. Good night. All right, we'll see y'all in the next one.